All right, everybody happy and feeling good? We're going to spend a little while here together, maybe 45 minutes or so, 40 minutes, maybe less. Who knows? Definitely you're going to get out and beat the Baptist to the restaurant. So don't worry about that. Don't worry, there'll be plenty of spaces at the Black Bear Diner. Bless God. Nobody's going to take your chicken fried steak. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for utterance today. Bless your people as you do want to bless them. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying today. Thank you, Lord, that there's freedom in this house. Thank you that there's abundance, there's goodness, there's grace, there's glory. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, we thank you for healing. Oh, yeah, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to approach the kingdom of God in a very unusual way today. And uh, the title of my message today is Know When to Hold Them and Know When to Fold Them. <laughs> and boy, are we going to have fun today. Are you ready for a little fun? There is nothing like a good old-fashioned family table or card game. You know, goldfish, old maid, canasta, any, any number of these games. And uh, I am... Uh, I hold a very fond memory of uh, one of our parishioners that uh, they invited me over to the house. We had some barbecue and what have you. And then the dad said, all right, kids. And there were a handful of kids. All right, kids, it's game time. And it's like all the kids took off like cockroaches. And shoom, they all disappeared to their rooms. And they're running for whatever it is they're running. And the dad disappeared in the other room. And out comes a board. He's got a green visor. Those bankers visor. like, what is going on here? They open it up on the table like, whoa. It's like, what, what's going on here? It's card game time. There was so much enthusiasm. It was electric. And they swept me right in with it. And they're getting ready to deal some things out. They're having family time. Now, the parishioner said to me, he said, now, don't tell anybody at church about this, okay? Of course, we weren't gambling, all right? Everybody just relax. I hope that's all right with you if we don't think that I'm being irreverent in church. But he, he referenced a song that, that said, uh, five-card poker on Saturday night and then church on Sunday. Something about the little town boondocks. There is a song like that, you know. You get a line, I'll get a pole, we'll go fishing in the crawfish hole. Five-card poker on Saturday night and church on Sunday morning. <laughs> that is a real song. That is a real song. And, I mean, I got the wink. I says, no problem, man. You, your secret is safe with me. Just don't tell anybody Pastor Tom is playing Old Maid or whatever these card games were. Dear Lord, how many of you have fun playing card games with the family? I mean, we go on vacation. Some of the best memories we have, and some of the worst, are playing with family members playing cards. Kids love it. Mom and dad, grandpas love playing cards. Hallelujah. But here's the premise, if you stay with me. premise is that everyone is dealt a specified number of cards, each with a varying value or point potential. And during alternating turns, each player makes decisions on whether to hold on to cards, trade cards, play cards, cash cards in for a whole new set, amen, or set cards down with presumed valuable combinations that will ultimately reveal a winning hand. And there comes a time in the game, I don't, I'm not sure, it doesn't really matter what the game is, but this is the premise, that somewhere toward the end of the game, everybody has got to put their cards on the, they put their cards on the table, and then the truth is revealed of who's got the most points, and the winner takes all. 
So this morning, let's just, the, the Holy Spirit is such a, he's so fun with me. He's, he, had, he led me to use this analogy for our Christian walk. And watch out, friends, this unorthodox approach may take you completely off guard and help reveal areas of your life where God wants to bring you higher. Who's going to go on this little card game with me today? I want you to consider two simple things today regarding our time together, what we're talking about as we play this little card game together. There are two primary actions that occur when you play a card game. First of all, a set of cards are dealt to you. And during the course of the game, you and I have a decision to make on whether we're going to hold what we've got or whether we're going to turn it in. A part of it or all of it, right? So holding or folding is a real key point, a key action when you're playing a game. Only today we're not talking about playing a game. Today we're talking about living the fullness of life that Christ came to give us. But there are principles that apply. How many of you still with me? Your future, friends, your family, your ministry, your career. The quality of life that you are experiencing right now and can experiencing in the future can be greatly, greatly depends on who or what you hold on to or who or what you let go. Did you catch that? My question to you today is, what are you hanging on to and what are you prepared to let go of? So here's the thought. We have choices. Deuteronomy 30 is very clear about that. These are familiar scriptures. We're going to have fellowship around things that are very familiar today. It says in Deuteronomy 30, I'm in the New King James Version, verse 9. It says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, what does it say? Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may learn to love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may, somebody say, cling. Cling to him. That sounds like hanging on to him, doesn't that, to you? Hold him. Cling. For he is your life and the length of your days, that you may be, dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Amen. And then, of course, you have a choice, like we said. You have a choice as things come up in life, whether you're going to hold on to it, or whether you're going to let it go. It's our responsibility to sharpen our skill set, to recognize what a good hand is and what a bad hand is. Now, if you're a newbie at a card game and somebody's coaching you, sometimes the person helping you out when you were about to make a bad play, they're going to go, ooh, 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 you don't want to do that. Right? They're going to say, you don't want to do that. I, I, you should hang on to that because that combination would better be played later in the game. Yeah. Or you want to hang on to it because that's, that's a valuable card that will yield greater points later in the game. Amen? So oftentimes in life, it's the same thing. We make some decisions that we're just splashing around a little bit. And we make some decisions that may not be the greatest decision. In life, But today, before we even start getting into the game that we're talking about, thank God that there is one card that you can play. Hallelujah. One card. It's called the M card, the mercy card. Amen. 
<laughs> I like that wild card, I tell you. If you made a mistake years ago, or if you made a mistake yesterday. I mean, nobody likes to make mistakes. But thank God, you've always got the M card. Hallelujah. The wild card comes to you, and you can always plead for the mercy of God. So if something hits you a little hard and a little harsh this morning, remember you've got a wild card. You've got the mercy card. Is that fair enough today? Hallelujah. So recognize what is a good hand and what is a bad hand. Let's turn to our text today, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and I'm going to go ahead and speed along because I want to try to be as great a blessing as I can so that you can beat people to the Black Bear Diner. (laughs) Or get home to play your card games, whatever. (laughs) So, And this is what Paul said, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for the whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as say it, say it rubbish that I may gain what? Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and the righteousness which comes from God by faith. A key component as we play this little game together is we need to recognize when something really, really valuable comes up, something so valuable that you're willing to just Cash in everything. You're able to say, you know what? I thought I had a good hand here, but when you saw a really good hand, it says, oh my goodness, I got to get that hand. That is so important as a Christian for you to not get so attached to the hand that you've got because I've got a word for you today. God's got different cards for you. You can't complain and say, how many of you played a game where the hand was dealt and you didn't get any wild cards and nothing matched. You didn't have any pairs. Can I just say it was a lousy hand? Can I just say that? <laughs> Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any money where I was born. I, I don't even know who my dad is or my dad was a mess or my mom was a mess and I didn't have all the privilege of it. So that's, that's a set of cards that's been held to, to people, right? But I've got news for you. God's got a new set of cards for you. Hallelujah. Woo! I feel strong in my spirit. God's got some new cards for you. Amen. Well, you know, in my family, we have, we have difficulty with, with blood sugar or we have difficulty with heart troubles or that. Well, God's got a new card for you. And it's important for us to understand this, that when it's your turn, you've got a decision to make whether you're going to turn those cards in and get the new card. Come on, somebody. Or whether you're going to hang on to this card because it's all you know. How about when it comes to relationships? You've got a bad relationship going on. There's a mean boyfriend. Young lady, there's a mean boyfriend. Or young man, there's a mean girlfriend. And you say, well, but she's the only thing I got. No, it isn't. She's not the only thing you got. Once you look to the Lord, there's, there's another card. Hallelujah. God's got another play. Hallelujah. I said, God's got another play. On the other hand, if God, if God just presented you a good card and it was a good one, have you ever heard this phrase before? Don't let that one go. That's a good one. Huh? Come on, Blanche. You know what I'm talking about, right, Blanche? Come on. Give me five right here, sister. That's what I'm talking about. Don't let that one get away. Ooh, don't let that one get away. Ooh, my, my, my. 
That's because you're recognizing value. Let's move ahead before I start to think. So, value judgment. I want you to understand something about Paul in our text here. Please examine with me what Paul, exactly what Paul turned in. Paul let go of his pedigree. He was circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He was blameless in the law, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was at the top of his game. He was unmatched in zeal. He was on his way to be the leading Pharisee, if you will. And one day, when he was at the table, somebody dealt a card to him. Boom. And he met Jesus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I got, I got a little revelation here. You, keep, you just keep praying, just like the church was praying. God's going to deal a card to your kids. Here's a new card. The lights will go on. And I want you to understand what Paul let go of. He let go of position. He let go of privilege. Please understand this. When you were at the top, he walked away from a leading career. He walked away from his reputation as the biggest, baddest, and the best. And he counted, he let it completely go. And no doubt, it cost him something financially. No doubt, no question. This guy had the PhD of, on top of PhDs. He spent all of his life. Here's a word for you. It doesn't matter how much time you spent studying something, how many Degrees you have, how much money you spent, how many units you've put behind, how many years you've invested in what you're doing. If God brings a God card, there we go. <laughs> when he brings a God card and presents it to you, what are you, dear Christian, going to do with it? I think, I'll tell you what Paul did with it. He took it, he said, I'm cashing in. Well, he saw the value in Jesus Christ and he turned in and cashed in all of his cards for a new hand. But I find something else. Paul was not the only one that cashed in all his cards for, for Christ. I find that Moses cashed in all of his cards for Christ. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with God's, the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. How, I have a question for you. Just how many riches were there in Egypt beyond your wildest imagination? This guy was heir to the throne, friends. Anything he wanted, he had property, he had servants, he had position. He was a cal caliber individual that could have a, anything his heart's desired. But somehow, he esteemed the riches. The card came to him, will you, will you esteem the righteousness of God? Will you esteem Jehovah? And you know what he did? He said, I'm cashing it all in. And he cashed it all in. What was it that caused him to cash it all in? It was, my dear friends, it had to do with value. The same way that we were talking about newbies. I am not proposing to you that you give up something for nothing. I am proposing to you, or rather I should say it this way. The Spirit of God is trying to have you and proposing to you to give up something that's so much value to be able to embrace something of much greater value. 
Are you listening to me? Greater value. Somebody say greater value. Greater value. Greater value. So what did he do? He released all of his all of his privileges and all of his status and went out and became a vagabond. He was he was um, excommunicated, if you will. And yet he didn't leave. He did not leave empty handed. He left a covenant man. Are you hearing me? Your covenant with God, your relationship with God is the most important commodity at this table. And then the plan of God for your life is the most important commodity at this table. So he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. There we are talking about value. What is that recompense? Payback, remuneration, compensation for anything done or suffered, earned or deserved. He realized that there is a much greater reward. If somebody said, hey, listen, I'll buy this house from you. And, and if you buy this house for me, you'll have a 26-room mansion paid for for the rest of your life. Like, if God wanted you to have that, why would you want to have a little double bungalow when God's trying to give you a house on the hill? Somebody help me. Comparison. Value. But see, the problem with, with us as Christians, or I should say the challenge as we come to the table, is we haven't properly valued what we have. So in the next few moments, will you please travel with me through the book of, uh, of Romans? Just a little scripture here in Romans 1, verse 28 through 30, talks about how godless people, what does it look like when you devalue the things of God and you don't really take an account of just how great a salvation you really have, what Jesus really has to offer. It's what caused Moses to, to leave everything that he had. It's what caused uh, 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 others to say, I'm going to leave things behind and cash it all in. What is it that they found? Well, look at Romans chapter 1, verse 28 through 30. It says, and this is talking about godless people. What does it look like to people that don't really make the right value decision? So since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, approve of Him, or consider Him even worth the knowing, God gave them over to base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent but loathsome. We don't have to really glorify the devil or the flesh. But the thought here is, friends, some people, they don't even think God's worth knowing. Some people, yeah, that some of your neighbors, some of the people, sorry to say it in the school district, don't want your kids to sing Silent Night. Give me a break. They want to complain about your kids singing Silent Night at the school play. Come on, give me a break, friends. That is an antichrist spirit. But look, notice this. <laughs> Sorry, a little, I got a little irked, and I'm really excited about one of our friends got on the school board here at the church. Hallelujah. I'm really, get some God in here, man. You go, Monique, you go. Anyway, I want to talk to you about a little word called sacrilege before we move on. What is sacrilege? Because you don't hear this a whole lot. An act of sacrilege is acting or speaking disrespectfully towards something that is held to be sacred. And I'll repeat that again, and I know it's a little bit heady, but we're going to put some common day uh, verbiage to it. It is acting or speaking very disrespectfully 
toward what is held to be sacred. And there's an example of this in the book of Hebrews in the story. Uh, it references in Hebrews chapter 12, but really the story is happens is recorded in Genesis chapter 25 where Esau despised his birthright. It describes him here in verse 16 that says it's a warning to us in Hebrews 12 that says that no one may become guilty of sexual vice or become profane, godless and a sacrilegious person as Esau did who sold his birthright for a single meal. He traded something really, really valuable for something, somebody say stupid. It's all right. You can say stupid in church. He traded something really valuable for something really stupid. Yes. See, Genesis 25. He said to Jacob, this is being his brother. Quick. I mean, Esau said, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he's called Edom. It means red. So Joseph replied and said, sell me first your birthright. And he said, look, I'm about to die. And Esau said, what good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, come on, swear to me first. So he swore to him an oath selling his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. And he ate and he drank and he got up and left. And it says, and so Esau despised his birthright. Now that may not mean a lot to you, but let me just try to clear it out for you. What is a birthright in the Jewish custom? The birthright consisted of special privileges that belonged to the firstborn male child in a family. Prominent among these privileges, this is not the only one, but prominent was that you were to get a double portion of the estate as an inheritance. How about that for starters? How many want to get the double? Hallelujah. Additionally, it says, you know, if they had more than, you know, two sons, that, that basically the, the, the elder son would get the third, the, twice, it always ends up getting more than everybody else. And it says the oldest son was also normally received the father's, somebody say, major blessing. Major blessing. I want to tell you something. God's just like that story. God's trying to bless you. And by the way, when you turn down a play, I mean, God's merciful. We talked about the mercy card, didn't we? Talked about the mercy card. But there are opportunities that God brings your way. And, there's, and when he brings that opportunity, there's, there's so many times he's going to bring it to you. But if you harden your heart and you determine that you're not going to take that card... Do you know that, that Esau was not able to get... He was still... He got a little blessing from his dad, but it wasn't the same as Jacob got. He didn't get the major blessing. He sought for it with tears. It says in Hebrews that though he tried to repent and try to get it, Father, come on, bless me too. Don't you have something left? So the father gave him a little beastly blessing, but Jacob got it. And I'm looking at a room of people that are not going to sell out for a piece of stew and give up the major blessing. When you make a confession around here, it says, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a major blessing. You know, when you say that, how can you be a major blessing unless you receive it and you act on it when that card comes to you? So God's trying to bless us as much as possible. But if we don't take whatever that blessing that he's coming to trying to bless you with, he can only bless you. Somebody say so much. And that's it. He, I mean... Thank God for his mercy. But I want to tell you something about this, and we've got to move quickly. The voice says this, Esau treated his valuable birthright contemptuously. The Living Bible says this, he ate and drank and went about his business indifferent to the loss of the rights that he had thrown away. The Amplified Bible said this, he ate and drank and rose up early, went his way, and Esau scorned his birthright as beneath his notice. 
Look at what the message Bible says. He ate and drank, got up and left. And that's how Esau shrugged off his rights as the firstborn. Please don't do that. I'm looking at a group of people. We are not going to turn down. Other people could turn it down, but we're not going to turn down what God has for us. Am I looking at the right card playing buddies here today? Hallelujah. Okay, so let's move ahead. So these are two primary areas of evaluation. They are, they are, they're related, yet they're distinct. They are relationships and then the thoughts and ways. And let me just talk. We're going to go into the relationships, and I think that's what we're going to stop. And if God gives me grace to, to speak to you again, we'll probably th- talk about the other thing. But let's, let's do this. Value. Let's value sound doctrine and teaching and the teachers. Friends, we've got to value when God gives you a card at church. You can't just roll your eyes back and go, oh boy, not that again. Let's let's say, okay, we're dealing the cards, you know, and somebody gives you the HS card. What's the HS? The Holy Spirit card. Okay, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'll raise your hand and we'll pray for you and we'll lay hands and, and, we'll, and, and, and we'll minister to you. And, and people just sit there like, oh man, are they, I, I'm telling you Black Bear Diner is going to be full. We're not going to beat the Baptist to the restaurant, Matt. I told you, man, like hurry up already. Come on, I'm going to make like I have to go to the bathroom. Then we'll go get my table at the Black Bear Diner. Are you serious? Joel 2 talks about, It shall come to pass after that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And on my maidservants and on my maiden servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Hallelujah, it says in John 14, And I will ask the Father, He will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocator, advocate, strengthener, stand by that He may remain with you forever. Are you serious? That's like a power play. I mean, some people get excited. Well, you know, I'm gambling with my little whatever. I'm going to try to get that little lottery thing. But there's a power play, brother. Just put 50 cents more, you get a power play. Stay 10 minutes more, receive the Holy Spirit, and get the power play. Get the power play. Get the power play. The comfort of the counsel, the helper, intercessor, advocate. You, you know, and then, and then Jesus gives a command in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. He says the Holy Spirit is promised here in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He says, and when they were assembled together, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Hallelujah. And of course, you know what happened. The rest is history in Acts 1, 8. So I got a question for you. Here we are playing cards. He goes, oh, dude, I got the HS card. Like, oh, man, I wanted the other card. I wanted the P card. You know, prosperity, man. Like, I got the... Man, I wonder if I could cash that in. I wonder if there's any more cards in the deck. You know, it's really amazing to me. I've been here almost over 30 years. And there are people that have left this church. Listen to me now, because this will help you. They've left this church because they say, oh, man, all they teach at that church is... Whatever, faith or healing or something. So check this out. They say, that's it. If I hear another word on faith, I'm leaving that church. So they come and sure enough, Pastor Mark's preaching on faith. So he's dealing the cards. Holy Spirit's dealing. You're like, what? The A? You're talking about the F card again? The faith card? Like faith and victory card? I'm tired of the F and V card, man. He says, that's it. I'm going to another church. 
So they stay away for six years. And, you know, it's really dry out there. It's the wrong place anyway. God, come back, you know. So then they come back six years later. And they say, well, it's been really lousy where I've been. So maybe I'll go back to that church. And then they go back and, and guess who's preaching? Oh, it's Pastor Mark preaching again. All right. So wonder what he's going to preach on. Maybe, maybe finally... Maybe finally Pastor Mark got something else to preach on besides the same notes about faith. And, you know. and then he starts preaching and then he starts dealing out and the, he, that person gets the F and V card again like, Serious? I've been gone for six years. I came back. Is that all they know how to preach there? You see, but what they didn't understand is that all those years they were gone, we're preaching on, you know, we do the boundaries seminar. We're doing teaching on, on financial management. We're teaching on relationships. We're teaching on prayer. We're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. You know, all kind of things. And then they come back, and guess what? They get the F and V card. <laughs> F and V. And so I, this is what I have to say. Like, you know, I got news for you. You need that card. And the reason why he had to preach it was probably for you because you didn't get it yet. And I, I'm telling you, I've been here a while. I, I know what I'm talking about. Those same people that say, man, I already got the F and V card. They're the ones that are walking in defeat. Their mouth is talking wrong. They're believing wrong. Their thinking is wrong. And when they sit under this, they're like, oh, no, not Mark 11, 23 and 24 again. Serious? Oh, come on. Hallelujah. You have a choice when the Holy Spirit is bringing something to you. You have a choice. You're going to let go of something and pick up that card or not. The success in your life, in your Christian life, I'm going to say it again, depends not in, in a large portion to what you pick up and hold and what you let go. Quit being so stinking picky. And when the Holy Spirit brings something to you, recognize something good when it's coming to you and grab that card. Grab it. I'm trying to help you this morning. I thought I was preaching real good right now. So here's another thought. Some people, they have a hard time with the MG card. MG, what card is that? It's called the ministry gift card. What's that? What's the MG card, the ministry gift card? The ministry gift card is a card that represents offices in the spirit that are real. The office of the apostle, the office of the... I haven't put a person's name in there yet. And I'm not done. The pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. Come on. These are offices that God has ordained. Doesn't it say in the book of Ephesians that he gave gifts to men? 11 and 12. Why did he give these gifts for? These are like, these are like cards that come to your table. Now, I understand. Somebody gives you the MG card. And you're like, oh no, not the MG card. Don't they know I've been hurt before? I'm tired of all those MGs, man. Can I just tell you something? You're looking at a man that was on his last play. But I want to thank God he gave me one more turn. Somebody say, one more turn. I had had it with ministry and churches. I grew up. Did that sound right? I had had it with church. I like the way I had it with church. You're looking at a man that grew up in a ministry family. 
I, I traveled in a ministry. We did crusades and the whole thing. I would leave home weeks and months at a time. I traveled all across the U.S. But we had only a measure of knowledge and understanding. And when I'd go behind the scenes, I saw some things that were happening. And I'm not going to badmouth anybody, but back in the 50s, Am I that old? Back in the 50s. <laughs> 60s, thank you. Uh, good. Uh. Back in the 60s, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 60s, yeah. Feel a little younger now. I saw a lot of things that weren't right. Because there were certain things where there was a lack of knowledge and that sort of thing. And I saw a lot of people get hurt. And I hate to say this, but a lot of the ministers that were from that era, a lot of them are divorced or dead. Or ran off with the secretary or something crazy like that. And I made a choice on the inside. I said, I said, I'm done with the MG card. But I, I went, of all the, so I went to Bible school, right? <laughs> yeah, I went, and gradu- I went to Bible school, graduated from Bible school, and I get a, and what am I doing? I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, and I get a telephone call from a gentleman by the name of Mark Thomas. You know what? I did not want to do this. I'm going into jazz and commercial music. I am not doing this the church thing. I'm done. I am so done. I'm so done that I've been here for over 30 years. I said, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Pastor Mark, I love you. I found me a man of integrity. I found me, Pastor Brenda, I love you. I found people that talked and walked the same. I found people that knew how to release faith. Come on, help me, somebody. I found people that day in and day out, they operated in the wisdom of God. They stood in the office of the pastor. We weren't just putting on a show. This was for real. The word was alive. And if you listened to what they had to say, it would preserve you. And so I made a decision. I came in very carefully. That's all right. You could take the MG card real carefully if you want to. I just kind of took it like this. Okay, I'll just be a consultant and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not, don't, no promises now. I'm just going to kind of sort of think of, okay, okay. 30 years later, plus I'm still here. And I say, you know, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Because God's got a pastor for you. I said, God's got a pastor for you. And if you're real sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He'll lead you. Listen, I'm not going to tell you who to listen to, but there are so many voices out there right now. Many of them ordained of God to add something to you. And you don't need my invitation for you to start listening and start catching what's going on in the body of Christ. There's some great, powerful men and women of God that have integrity. And you know, when you receive what they've got, oh my, when you receive what they've got for you, you are enriched in a mighty way. I want to share this little story for you that embodies it in an an example that is absolutely over the top. It talks about making room for the gift of God. Let's turn to 2 Kings, if you would please, chapter 4, verse 8 through 44. We won't read the entire thing, but what we're talking about is the story of Elijah. And I want you to notice this as I read from the King James Version. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, 
he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, everybody say, I perceive. perceive. So, what I'm going to say right now is, Get a clue. Get a clue. I know there's a lot of charlatans. Oh, I think money is your money. I know that. I get that. That's why the Holy Spirit has been shed abroad in your heart and you can, you can discern on the inside. When somebody's giving some gimmick, I'll tell you what, I'll give you holy water from Israel and, and we'll give you some sand from some desert and this little paper prayer cloth that every time you kneel on this paper cloth, paper thing, you're going to get everything like a magic wand. You know that's wrong. I said, you know that's wrong. It's a gimmick. Somebody say gimmick. But this lady was able to perceive. You know, on the inside of our heart, we know the voice of our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we can also hear when someone is being speaking into our life and we could hear Jesus' voice. So that's why I'm telling you, I'm not magnifying a man. I'm magnifying the office. Are you listening to me? Now, I give thanks to God that he said yes, and he's standing in that office, and he, and he and Pastor Brenda operate so magnificently. In the, aren't you glad that Keith Hershey stands in that office? It isn't just that he's a nice guy. It's that he's standing in an office, and he establishes things in the earth that really make a difference. You could tell the real from the fake. Can I just say it looks real? It's real easy to spot the fake from the real. Now, notice that she perceived this. And she said, Behold, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Whoa, whoa, over the top. Let's, let's do a remodel here. Let's, let's do a remodel and let's build a, an extension, expand the house and build something just for him. I like this lady. <laughs> Uh, can you put a recording studio in there? Oh, just kidding. Okay. A chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. And it shall be that when he cometh to us, he shall turn in thither. This is a magnificent example. A magnificent example of a person who literally, literally made room for the MG card. And you know... Uh, you may tell me, well, Pastor Tom, you know, I have been so hurt. They hurt me. You know, that pastor, they hurt me. I get that. Hey, people hurt people. But that doesn't mean that you could trade that card in. God's got another card for you. I said, God's got another card for you. There are people of integrity that love you, that care about you, that walk in such integrity they have a proven track record that are accountable to other elders in the body of Christ that are walking this walk. Come on, somebody. They're walking it out. And what you see is what you get. I can follow that. I don't know about you. I said I can follow that. So praise God, because she perceived that that was a man and she made room for the ministry gift to do what? She took the MG card and allow him to speak into her life. A lifelong desire of her heart was met. You know the story how she finally had a child and God made it all good. Praise the Lord. But see, here's a thought. There are some areas of our life that we're not going to be able to get there without the MG card. You got to have the MG card. Did I say that? 
You've got to have the... Don't just stay home and watch TV and watch Creflo on TV. Don't just watch T.D. Jakes on TV. Don't just watch Charles Stanley. You need to exercise the MG card. When the MG card comes to your house, you say, yes. I will put myself under the authority of that pastor. Now, you choose to, put, to do that. Amen. A loving, caring, selfless pastor that hears from God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for this church? And then, here's another thought. Make the quality decision. When you have that in your hand, do what Elijah said to, uh, Elisha said to Elisha. You know, he said, Elijah said, stay here. God has sent me an errand to Jordan. And Elisha said, not on your life. 2 Kings 2.6. Not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And the two of them went together. You know, the thought is, Elisha stuck it out with Elijah. And because of the sake of time, I have to just say, trust me on this. There are some people that you need to stick to like glue. I tell you what, I found, I found a wonderful, wonderful place. I'm not letting go of my church. I'm not letting go of my pastor. And some of you that are married, don't let go. I'm not letting go of my wife. <laughs> I'm not letting go of the confidence that Christ gave me. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm meddling now. But I want, I, want to, I want to tell you of another, another person, and that was, that, was, uh, that was Naomi. Amen. Let's look at it, Naomi. So, so this, with this one, we're going to hit two birds with one stone, then we're going to close. See what the Holy Spirit has for us. Naomi and Ruth, these are not ministry gifts. These are friends. The Bible is very clear about don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see the day approaching. So these are people that they talk. It is not, it, 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 part of it is a church service. Yes, I understand it. Other part of it is, is just having dinner together or talking on the phone or, or communing, going with some of these small groups like, like they were saying Nadine and Grace are going to have the, the singles uh, group that in the 30s uh, up to 40, whatever. Uh, singles. These are groups where what they're going to do is they're going to fellowship around Christ and speak to one another and encourage one another along whatever is happening in a per- single person's life. Somebody said amen. amen. So, the, so, so can God work through your brothers and sisters? Somebody said yes. Does it matter who you are connected with? Absolutely. It matters who you connect your life to. Iron will sharpen iron. Uh, the right friend, the right friend could mean all the, all the difference in the world for you when you're going through something. Now notice this. I'm just quote this from, uh, read this, let me read this to you and, and we'll close. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 in the message says this. And the thought is this. Choose your family well. You know, I realize that uh, Ruth had a lousy family. They were a bunch of heathens. But then she came in contact with something good. She had a good card here, a godly woman. And, uh, and then uh, Naomi said, Ruth, go back. Go back and stay with your family, you know, whatever. And that, but Ruth said, no, 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 no. Don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people or will be my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'm going to die. That's where I'll be buried. So help me, God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. Good friends. Now, not everybody in the world is going to be... You cannot possibly be friends with everybody in the world, but God will bring certain people. He'll bring that card. Now, listen carefully to you, to me. One of the parts of your inheritance is healing of the broken heart. And listen, 
There is nothing new under the sun. Well, I've been disappointed. Join the club. So-and-so hurt me. Join the club. A friend betrayed me. Join the club. Are you really going to hang on to that card? You know, there's another card, friends. God's got another card for you. He's got another move. Can I, can I put it this way? There's a move of God for you. God's got another card. And you know what? When, you, when that opportunity presents itself for a godly friend to come into your life, you're going to have to do something. I want to encourage you. You're going to have to do something when it's a God thing. You're going to have to lay down that other card. Just forget it. Old things. There's some things you've got to do, like Paul said, forgetting what is behind. You've got to put that card down and pick up the other card and embrace it because there's a move of God for you in the relational area. Does that talk to anybody today? You don't know what they did to me on the job. They stabbed me in the back and they threw me out and ran over, ran, threw me under the bus. God's got a career card for you. It's true. When he offers that to you, there it is. Ooh, I got a C card, a career card. Are you going to be brave enough to do what Abraham did? He left everything he had. He went to a new place. Are you ready to go a new company? Are you ready to try a new career? Are you ready to go? Some of you, are you ready to go back to school? Is that in your future? Are you ready to step, step out and start that business? Because I got news for you. God's still dealing. New beginnings. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know. I, I think I'm too young. Are you? I'm too old. Are you really? Too much time has passed. Has it really? <laughs> when God opens doors that no man can shut and he offers you an opportunity, what do you say, heart of the bay? We're going to take the right cards and we're going to hang on to them. And we're going to play them at the right time. Hallelujah. We're not going to let disappointment, hurt, failure. Failure is never final. And don't forget, as we close, don't forget the wild card. We started the service with it. The mercy of God. You've always got the mercy of God. Call out for it. The mercy of God redeemed my life. Hallelujah. I was a million dollars in debt about how many years ago was that? Seven years ago? And God sliced just about a million. God sliced that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell you, God's good. <laughs> Is God talking to you? Close your eyes, please. Father, I pray for my friends today. Not only these friends, but those friends that may be watching, Lord, through the internet. We pray for them. We're thanking you, Lord, that you have plans and purposes for us all. And there are supplies of power, people, privilege, favor. I thank you, Lord, that there's supplies of courage, supplies of healing, power, and fullness. And in the name of Jesus, as we ponder these words, help us, Lord, when our turn comes again. I thank you, Lord, that as we respond by faith and with courage, that indeed, as we cooperate with you, you will indeed turn situations around. 
I stretch forth my hand before your people, Lord. I thank you for healing the broken heart and getting us past disappointment in the name of Jesus. That nagging disappointment that you said, will I ever, ever be able to get past that? I hear the Lord say, yes, you can and you will and you're starting today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Is God good? Let's give him praise today. Hallelujah.